You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. How's everybody doing? Good to see everybody. Y'all notice this, Cody's arms are getting bigger. Either your shirts are getting smaller or your arms are getting bigger. Which one is it? I'm, I'm more with the uh, round is also a shape strategy right now. Oh, anyway, uh, in case you haven't recognized me, I'm Braden. I know I've got a new haircut and an awesome mustache. <laughs> See, if you have friends like mine, you don't need enemies. I, I, when I cut this mustache the other day, I walked into some friends I hadn't seen in a while. I'm like, great, Super Troopers back. And I'm like, really? Really? Bunch of jerks. Anyway. Uh, well, we're really glad you're here. Uh, like I said, my name's Braden. Uh, I really do want to, can we just give y'all's pastors a round of applause? Yes. Cody and Stacy do such a good job. He started this announcement. I just want to tell you, sometimes we're not as good as we should about stuff like this, but the Brave Co. announcement that he made, uh, it's actually pretty interesting. This church is, uh, was able to be a part of the, the, uh, the start of this thing. In fact, Jason's a friend of mine. Most of you know that. A lot of you know that. And when he started this thing with Braco, he and I had a lot of conversations about just, you know, what, how that would fit and plug into the church and, and different things. And so when they made their official launch, he actually invited Le, uh, Leanne and I to Reading. Uh, Chris and Kathy hosted a little thing at their house. And I think it was like 12 or 15 of us and just some people he wanted to be around to launch Brave Co. We prayed over him and it was really cool. But we came with a gift. We actually brought $10,000 from Renew Life Church and sewed into this ministry. And so no matter where Brave Co. goes on this planet, which it's already doing some incredible things, you guys were a part of that. So I just wanted you to know that that's a part of where your, uh, your offering is, is going. Um, and also when I, when I did this, I told Jay, I said, like you said in the video, I love men's movements. I know some things that have happened where there's these massive men move, men's movements. But I said, look, as a local church pastor, I'm more aware of it than ever. Uh, men need something in their homes with their pastors 52 weeks out of the year, something steady. And if you ever created more of a curriculum that we could plug into and plug in in our church, we'll go first. And so he took us at our word. We're actually the first church in the world that's getting to go through this. He actually sent it to us and said, you guys go first. And so... Um, but there's some responsibility with that. He actually wants some feedback. He says, please get as many of your men to plug into this and I wanna see how it's going. He wants our feedback. And so I really do encourage you. Uh, men, if, you, if you're even thinking about it, go ahead and sign up. Women, if your husband, you know they need help, they need Jesus, you sign them up and then just tell them where to go. Um, but seriously, I, I think that's really exciting. I, I love, every now and then I love being reminded that I'm not just a part of the lowercase c church, I'm a part of the big C church and the things that are happening all over the world and things like this, they just remind me of that. So anyway, really glad to be here. Uh, it's been a while, been too long. I'm gonna start coming more often, but I really, really am glad to be here. Got a ton of stuff I wanna talk to you about. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Malachi chapter one. I've noticed that is a bit of a byproduct of of preaching less, I just preach longer. I don't say less, I just make you stay longer. So uh, that's a little bit of the plan for today. But uh, anyway, Malachi chapter one. Um, if you've been a Christian for very long, heard a bunch of message, messages, you'd probably agree with what I'm about to say. 
uh, few messages pierce you in such a way where you remember when it was spoken, the title of the message, the scripture they went to, the, I mean, literally every single thing about it. And I know we hear a lot of messages, and, uh, but I, I think every now and then a message comes along, something happens that just, it just grips you, it grabs you. And uh, for me, this message happened, in two, or a message like this, I should say, happened in 2012. Uh, the, the pastor's name was Chris Hodges. Chris Hodges was currently pastoring. He is still, but he at, at that time was currently pastoring and launching what was the fastest growing church in the country for three straight years. The, the massive growth in this church was absolutely, absolutely incredible. And, and, and Chris is just a brilliant, brilliant mind, brilliant businessman, LSU business grad uh, turned pastor, just a brilliant mind. In fact, a lot of our church's financial policies were drafted from Chris's Hodges, some of the training, Chris Hodges' training. I went there in Birmingham when, before we ever started the church and said, look, teach us how to steward the church well. And so I got a lot of that from Chris. And so Chris is just a super wise guy. If you look him up, he's just the nerdiest white guy you've ever seen with his pleated khakis and all the things. But he is one of the smartest, wisest guys. I absolutely love him. And 2012, he preached this message. I'm actually just going to steal his title. It does not need improved upon. I think that's the first time I've ever done that, just straight stole a pastor's title. But uh, it's in scripture, so I think it's, it, it's legal. Uh, the title of today's message is Where's the Honor? Where is the honor? I'll show you where we got that from. Malachi chapter one, verse six. Notice I said, I'll show you where we got that from. The first time it was Chris's, just then it was my, ours. And the next time, I'm not even gonna say Chris came up with it. I'm just gonna say, the Lord gave me revelation. <laughs> so humble. Malachi chapter one, verse six, it says this. It says, a son honors his father and a slave his master. But if I am a father, just say this with me out loud. Where is the honor? Where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. Where is the honor? I'll be totally transparent here. This is a message that uh, when I say came to me, it literally came to me like the Lord saying, hey, you're slipping in this area. Uh, I, was, I was fortunate to have amazing parents my entire life, lived in a, a, a great home. Uh, they constantly had us in church and around the word, around the things of God. I've read many books, heard many messages on honor. It was something I grew up knowing about, hearing about, believing in. Uh, but I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like this where you look up one day and something you used to do really well, you're not doing very good at all. Anybody else? You say, man, you know, I, I'm slipping. I'm just, I'm slipping. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you slipping? Are you, are you slipping? A little repentance time here in church. Seriously though, man, I, and I was telling a friend of mine in the, uh, in the foyer, one of our children's teachers, I said, I'll tell you where I started slipping. It's when my, uh, when my kids started playing sports. Anybody got kids in sports? Can we just all acknowledge that sometimes we just have to be honest and say, we would be the best coach for the team. <laughs> we just would, at least we think so. And I was raised in a culture where you honored authority, you honored coaches and teachers. My parents never talked about a teacher or a coach in front of me, no matter what the coach did or the teacher did or whatever when I was in school, no matter what they did, um, they, didn't, they didn't talk bad about them in front of me. Now there was, I found out later there were some private meetings that I didn't know about, uh, but they didn't talk about them publicly. And uh, here lately, uh, I've got kids in sports and one that's actually pursuing a collegiate career and uh, getting some offers and some looks. And so it feels more important than it used to feel. And all of a sudden I'm realizing I had, and I had started realizing, the Lord reminded me, you're slipping in this area of honor, you're slipping. And, and so here's, here's what I'll say, I just, 
Sometimes I feel like when the Lord speaks to me about something and is working on something in me and it's painful, I just welcome you into the pain by preaching it to you. So today we're just all gonna hurt, okay? It's just gonna be one of those kind of workout kind of deals. So um, yeah, where is, where is the, the honor? One of the things that I've discovered is that uh, you've heard the scripture in, in Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I propose to you that you're never in neutral. You're either being conformed or being transformed. There's no in between. And so if you think you're in neutral, you think you're just, well, I'm just kind of chilling out. Just rest assured, you're not just chilling out. You're slowly but surely being conformed to the ways of the world. And I'll just say this as it pertains to honor. Honor is counter-cultural. Honor is counter-cultural. Cultural. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say that dishonor has become cool somehow. All of a sudden, it's cool to be dishonorable. It's cool to catch somebody doing something wrong. It's cool to call somebody out. It's, it's cool to be dishonoring. And I'll just say that right now, more than, maybe more than ever, as we, especially as we're approaching some election cycles and some things that are happening, more than ever, honor must be restored to the church. Um, and I may should say it a different way. Honor should be restored in the church. Let me tell you what's not gonna happen. And, and you can call this prophetic or you can just call it smart, but it's right either way. Fox and CNN are not gonna wake up in the morning and go, you know what? We're not honoring everyone well. Let's just start honoring the other side. No more trash talk, no more slander, no more slamming. Let's just all honor each other. Ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. So no matter which side you're on on some of this, we can't leave restoring honor to the world. We have to get it back right in the church and bring honor to the world, not expect it from the world. Honor is a value of the kingdom. Honor is a value of the kingdom. Dishonor is a fruit of the flesh. It is, it is so simple to look up one day and go, wow, culture has influenced me more in this area than I've influenced culture. And I think as believers, we have to be really honest with ourselves and say, how are we doing in the area of honor? How are we doing? Or all of a sudden, just like they said, it's cool to talk about people. All of a sudden, we find this in our home. Like I said, I, I caught myself slipping and I, you know, we get back from a, a volleyball tournament and it feels more important than ever. It's my daughter's future and we're trying to get scholarships and find the right schools and impress the college coaches and scouts and all these things and things don't go our way. It's all of a sudden, it was way too easy for me to get in the car afterwards and go, I'm gonna tell you what that coach should have done. I'm gonna tell you what they should have done. Oh, so-and-so, she sucks, get her out. Wasn't one of your daughters, I promise. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I just caught myself. I'm like, wait a minute. I was not raised this way. My parents didn't train me this way. And more so, this is not the kingdom. This is not what the word says. This is not how I'm supposed to be living my life. And so uh, I, I just want to talk to all of us. Uh, just know, as I'm preaching this, I'm preaching it to me. I may be anointed to, to do what I'm doing up here, but I'm no more anointed to, do, to live it out there than you are. We all have to discipline ourselves to live this way. And so let's just all embrace the pain together, okay? We're gonna answer two questions, two basic questions. One, what is honor? And maybe more importantly, who do we honor? What is honor and who do we honor? The definition we'll use for today is an area, in the area of honor or for honor. Um, pretty simple, it says to value 
and respect, to treat as precious, and I love this word, weighty. Say that, weighty. Honor means to be weighty or add weight to something. Uh, weighty or, or valuable. Uh, I'll give you a, a little bit of an illustration that may help you with this word. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, we were raised on a, on a farm, and my granddad raised Hereford cattle, so, and we also showed... He, he was the county extension agent, so we showed animals and stock shows and, and 4 H and all this stuff. And so we were always in that kind of, in that lifestyle from the time I was really, really young. Part of my daily routine was feeding the cows. And so uh, I grew up that way. Uh, and occasionally my, I'd go with my granddad to feed the cows out in the pasture. And if you've never done this, it's, it's pretty interesting. You, you pull the truck into the pasture and then there's different methods here, but my granddad always used the horn. He'd start driving through the pasture, just honking the horn and letting all the cows know food's coming. And so uh, if, if, if it hadn't had a lot of rain, there wasn't a lot of grass, you would, you would have to provide supplement. So we had cake, use this food, we call it cake. And there's these, these large pellets of food and you'd go cake the cows. And so I remember, and you gotta think about this, when these cows hear this horn, hunger is triggered in them. So all of a sudden, they're hungry, they're coming, you can see the dirt and the dust coming towards the truck. And so what you had to do is get out of the truck, get a bag of feed, open it up, and then you would just walk in a line and just pour a little bit out as you walked in a line for, I don't know, 50 to 100 yards. Now, when you're a kid, I don't care how many times you've done this, you still swear every time that they're fixing a charge any minute. Reality is they're just hungry. You're feeding them. They're coming towards the, the, the food, but they're still, especially when you're young, there's still that little thing. You're like, I, I, think they're, I think they're charging. And you know, every now and then, I mean, that cake is out of there in a hurry. Just whoop, and you're back in the truck as fast as you can. Normally in the pasture, what you'll find is you'll find the cows, but in, especially when you're trying to raise really good quality, you'll only have one herd bull and you're trying to you know, monitor the genetics and all this. And so there's, there was usually one bull in the pasture, and I noticed that when it came time to feed the cows, I, I knew I, the cows concerned me, but my eyes were always on the bull. And I don't know what it was, but like, it's like I could tell he was looking at me all the time. <laughs> Just waiting for me to turn my back long enough for him to get a good head of steam, you know? And come after me. And like, as a kid, you're just like, you're just always concerned about the bull. You're always wanting to know. You might be feeding cows are coming, but you're like, where's the bull at? You're, you're, you're looking for. And everything you did was with the bull in mind. Where's he at? Is he pawing dirt? What's he doing? Is he looking? Is he coming at me? Is he over here? Uh, it, just, it was just a funny thing that you caught yourself doing. In a lot of ways, that's a good way to look at honor. When you honor someone or you honor something, everything you do, you do in light of them or it. You're always thinking about it. You always got your mind on it. Like for instance, my wife, I'm supposed to be honoring and I try to honor my wife. So everything I do, I try to do it with her in mind. If I wanna spend some money, especially if it's outside the norm, I, you know what I do? I, I'm thinking, I wonder what Leanne thinks. If she thinks this is a wise purchase, should I do this? Unless it's having, having to do with hunting equipment, which I know she wants me to have. So I just, <laughs> she loves me. <laughs> But no, seriously, that's, it's, a, it's a rule of thumb. We've always had like, hey, if I'm fixing a spend outside the norm, I pick up the phone, hey, what do you think about this? Why? Because I honor her. Everything I do with my life, I'm doing with her and mine, her thoughts and mine, her opinions and mine. I've done this in my life when it comes to spiritual leadership in my life, especially when it comes to leading this church. You start off planning a church, leading a church, you don't know what you're doing. So you've got overseers. I had pastors in my life, overseers in my life that as we were doing this, that, and the other, I would call, reach out and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but what do you think about this? Is this wise? Is this smart? Is there a better way to do this? Why? Because I honored them. I honored their opinion. I honored their, their approach. Honor 
and oftentimes is just doing something with, with, with someone or something in mind. You know, moving forward, that, that's kind of what honor is, but moving forward, I want to kind of turn our attention to the great commandment as we start talking about who do we honor. Uh, you guys know this, the great commandment's pretty simple, Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 36, I'll read it. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second's like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you were to boil down the great commandment, it's pretty simple. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Well, as it pertains to the message today, I just wanna plug in honor there and just say it this way. When we talk about who do we honor, we honor God, we honor people. Honor God, honor people. When you say honor God, that feels like a no-brainer, but I think occasionally it, it, it stands to reason that things could have slipped, changed, shifted. I love how Cody says it. When you've got a big, heavy load and you've gone down the road a little bit, every now and then you need to get out of the truck, check the straps uh, just to make sure everything's still secure. I think we would all say that we honor God, but I think every now and then it's good to just ask ourselves, am I really honoring God? You know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, do we, do we honor him? Do we honor his presence? When you come into this room knowing that where two or three are gathered, like this room, this church room in the worship, when the word says where two or three are gathered, he is here with us, are you aware that he's here? Are you turning your attention to the fact, does, do you catch yourself when, during worship mumbling, Lord, I'm so thankful for, for, that you're here. Thank you for your presence. Do you catch yourself engaging with him or is it something of a distant thing? We're just getting, you know, we're singing a few songs. We don't really navigate the, the idea that, wait a minute, the Father's here. The Father's here. Jesus taught the disciples when you pray, start off this way, our Father. Maybe should, some of you should learn the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It starts off with reverence and honor to who? The Father. <laughs> the kids are saying it this way these days. Put some respect on his name. I can't tell you how bad I want to yell. Keep my wife's name. Doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Doesn't matter. Not good. Not good. Cody, not good. Not good. But seriously, like, we, we, we need to put some respect on his name. Get, get back to some reverence in, into that into that area. I'd say another one, honor the son, honor, honor Jesus. Did you know one of the greatest ways that you can honor Jesus is by honoring the free gift of salvation that comes by faith and that you no longer have to perform for your acceptance, you just have to believe. Did you know that every time a, a, a condemning, shameful, accusing thought comes into your mind from the enemy and you open your mouth and say, I resist that thought. I am no longer that person. Jesus paid for that guilt. He paid for that shame. He paid for that. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have nothing to be ashamed of. Did you know that when you stand up in your place as seated as the right hand, like Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, when you stand up in that place, you're actually honoring Jesus? That's one of the ways that we honor Jesus. We honor Jesus by standing strong in the new covenant and not allowing the enemy to pull us back over into this old covenant. It's very honoring to him. Honor the Holy Spirit. Scripture talks about uh, the fruits of the Spirit. Did you know that we honor the Holy Spirit by living our life according to the fruits of the Holy Spirit? 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We honor him when we say, Lord, and we pray and we live in such a way where, Lord, I want to be, be loving. I want to love well. I want to live with joy. I had a guy tell me this one time. I didn't like it when he said it, but he was right. He said, seriousness and intensity is not a fruit of the Spirit. Anybody else in here just get a little intense every now and then and got a little look on your face? It's like, got to be reminded, like, hey, tell your face that Jesus loves you. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'd even say this. Another thing is the Scripture tells us, 1 Corinthians 12, about gifts of the Spirit. And did you know that when you don't embrace the gifts of the Spirit, you're dishonoring the Holy Spirit? Man, I don't believe in healing. I don't believe in prophecy. I don't believe in tongues. And when, when you say that, you're dishonoring the Holy Spirit. He brought you this gift, and it's as if you said, I don't need that. It'd be like today if, if, if let's just say, my whole life I had dreamed and, and, and believed God that I would have enough money to give away a, a card to every single person in a church service. And I were to tell you, hey, Today is the day. I've saved. I've worked so hard. I've literally bought every single person in this room a car, and there was just keys lined up with everyone's name on it. And I said, everyone, come get this gift. I've, I've worked so hard to give you this. If you sat back on the back with your arms folded and said, like, no, I'll, just, I'll, I'll buy my own truck. I don't need you to buy me anything. And you refused my gift, you'd be dishonoring me. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit has some gifts for you. They don't even benefit him. They benefit you. It wasn't even for him, it's for you. And when you say, I don't want that gift, let me tell you what you're actually saying, especially if you say, I don't believe in that, you're saying, I honor my intellect over the spirit of God. Because if I don't understand it, it cannot be real and it cannot be valuable. I'm, what you're doing is you're elevating your intelligence above the Holy Spirit. Ooh. The Holy Spirit deserves honor. I remember seasons of our church when some of the stuff that I was reading in scripture, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to bring this into our church. It feels weird, it feels crazy. I, I would see speakers that I felt like the Lord was connecting us with and I would watch how they would do their ministry and I'm like, these people are crazy. Some of this stuff is crazy. How many of you guys have been to some of our crazy services? You know what I'm talking about. I'm like, y'all love them. <laughs> and, 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 but I'm just being honest with you, as a pastor, as a leader, and as someone who wasn't bent towards that, I would see it in scripture and not know how to go about it, but something would well up on the inside of me and I said, Lord, I will not value my understanding above your word. And I don't understand how to do this, but if this is in the scripture, this is in the Bible, this is a gift of the spirit, we're gonna go after it. And even if we make, make mistakes going after it, we're gonna make mistakes by faith. Some of you in here need to honor the Holy Spirit and honor the gifts of the spirit by faith. Not by understanding. Your understanding will catch up later. But you need to do it by, by faith. Why? Because we honor the Holy Spirit. Uh, last one here and then we'll move on. Um, we, we need to get back to honoring the Word of God. Genuinely honoring, reverencing, giving weight to the Word of God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word was God. What I'm about to say is, is, is simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. The word of God should be the final authority over every area of your life. It seems simple. It's when you have to 
actually start doing the word of God in every area of your life. You know, when the scripture says, bless those who curse you, that is simple, clear, bless those who curse you. The problem with that is I don't want to, and neither do you. (laughs) When someone's ugly to you, hateful to you, rude to you, worse, abusive to you, I promise you the thing that's coming into your mind is not going, you know what, I'm gonna bless them. I'm gonna buy them dinner, send them a card, thank them for all the cursing. (laughs) Just love that, love them, love what they said about me on Facebook, love it, love it. I'm gonna heart their comment. (laughs) Not happening. Simple, but not easy. But if I honor the word of God, If I genuinely honor the word of God, I will sometimes force myself to say out of my mouth something that I don't even believe in my heart. Lord bless them. I hope they prosper. It's not easy. This may come as a surprise to you, but not everyone on the planet loves me. and uh, is, is understands what we're trying to do even in our church. And it's, church is just such a funny thing. Church, church, the local church, church planting, going to, it, it could just be the funniest thing. And before long, every church, you're gonna, you're gonna tick somebody off in the city. Someone's not gonna like something you said, and rightfully so sometimes. Sometimes we just say stupid stuff, do stupid stuff, but we're all trying to figure it out. And uh, we just didn't know we needed to be as perfect as they are. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but I'll see things that remind me of them. I'll see their business, one of their trucks with their logo comes by. <laughs> I'll see them, one of their kids, one of their family, drive by their house. And I just bless them every time because I am more mature than you are. <laughs> yeah, right. Those emotions come up when people have wronged you, when people have hurt you. When you see something that reminds us that, and I've had people, you know, get real concerned about this. Like, oh man, pastor, I, I want to forgive them, but I'm still pissed. <laughs> Let me just say this. Uh, forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a choice. And every time that emotion resurfaces, I have, I'm faced with a choice. Embrace the emotion or choose the word. And it's not easy, especially for serious things. All jokes aside, serious things. Some people, I talked to a lady after the first service and she just began to shake and cry. And she said, I, I heard your message. I just, I don't think I can do it. How I was hurt, what happened to me, I just don't think I can. And she's just shaking and crying. And so don't, please don't under, well, please don't confuse what I'm saying or get confused by what I'm saying. I'm not saying that what you're dealing with, you shouldn't feel the way that you feel. I'm not saying that they haven't hurt you, but what I am saying is your wholeness is in your honor. You wanna get whole, you wanna get healed, I propose that you embrace some of this and say, you know what, the word of God says bless those that curse you. I honor that word, I give value to that word, I give weight to that word, and because it's valuable and I honor that word, I'm going to bless them even if I do it with shaking in my lips. Because some of you, that's what it'll take. 
honoring God. Let's just go ahead and switch to, uh, that's enough in the kind of the honoring God thing. I just want to talk about honoring people. When it comes to honoring people, I think the the biggest question that we have to ask ourselves is, okay, honoring people, but which people? Which people deserve honor? Let's just look at this pretty cool little scripture right here in 1 Peter 2 that just clears this right on up for us. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. Honor. Honor everyone. Honor your wife. Honor your ex-wife. Honor your husband. Honor your ex-husband. Honor your parents. Honor the boss that fired you. Honor every politician. (laughs) Honor people who are pro-choice. Honor people who are transgender. Honor people who are Democrats, who are Republicans. Honor people who voted for Joe Biden. Oh, I'm sorry, I, did, am I reading this right? See, I, I just be honest with you, I don't think we believe that. We just, we really don't. We don't believe everyone is worthy of honor because we forget that everyone is God's child. Some are lost, some are confused, some are rebellious, some are arrogant. Some have aligned themselves with evil plans. But this one does not distinguish. Honor everyone. Every person on this planet is worthy of honor, not because of what you think, but because of what the Bible says. Everyone on this planet is worthy of honor, not because of what they do, but because of what the word of God says says. I'm going to clean some of this mess up because some of you made your mind up. You're not coming back. Um, But for the record, I just read the Bible. So you'll have to ask yourself, why does the Bible offend me? (laughs) Let me just read this. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse one says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities And then this part, there's no way this could be true, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Oops. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Now, I want want to pause here because, well, let me not pause because I want to read this next piece because this is going to bring some clarity. What you have to understand is God has given us the natural to confirm the spiritual. So oftentimes natural principles lead us into spiritual principles because I really want to focus on honoring authority and the God-ordained establishments of authority. And one of the areas of authority that God has ordained is the, the, the family and the authority within the family. According to scripture, young people, please listen. Parents, please enforce this. We're supposed to honor our parents. So to honor our parents. Ephesians 6 said it this way. It says children, and notice it starts off with children, 
children, obey your parents in the Lord. Big part there, in the Lord. For this is right. Then he says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life. Um, it's an interesting thing there. It starts off with children obey, children obey, but then eventually honor. I'll say this, as a parent, you need to be training, especially your small children, not to be good lawyers as to whether they should or shouldn't go to bed right now, but to be quick obeyers when you tell them it's time to go to bed. We're doing too much negotiating with our little kids. The first principle that a child needs to learn is not their freedom, it's their authority and who that authority is. And once they've submitted themselves to you and learned to obey you, then comes the freedom. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. Then he gives you the desires of your heart. What, is, what does this come? Lordship before freedom. He is Lord and I have a good attitude about him being the Lord. I'm glad he's the boss. And when my attitude is good about him being the boss, all of a sudden he turns around and says, you know what, now what do you want? But with our kids sometimes we're saying, I'll give you what you want if you'll do what I say. Throwing a fit in Walmart. Hey, if you'll stop doing this, I'll get you a toy. What you just taught them is if they are loud enough and embarrassing enough, you will cave. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So you start off with obedience, but then a transition begins to happen where it's, it's a position of honor. I eventually don't need my kids to obey me. I need them to honor me. Here's what honor does. Honor seeks wisdom. Well, honor, when you honor someone, you seek wisdom from them. I'm, I'm, I'm right now navigating this with my 16-year-old right now in some important things in life. She's, she's done a very good job for almost her entire life of, of, of being quick to obey. But now she's found that as kind of her default mode. Dad, tell me what to do. Dad, tell me what to do. Dad, should I take this job? Dad, should I date this kid? What do you think about this one? Which, for the record makes me feel good that I get a vote every now and then. But as a good father, you know what I have to say? It's like, you know what? You've delighted yourself in the Lord. It's time for you to have the desires of your heart. You need to learn what's in your heart. What do you want? You can trust your heart. Starts that transition. Spiritually, starts the same thing. We're supposed to have, we're supposed to obey our parents. I'm sorry, honor our parents. We're supposed to honor spiritual authority as well. Now this one, I gotta be honest with you. No one wants to hear this. And more than you don't want to hear this, I don't really want to say it. But this is in Scripture, so I'm just going to let this one land right wherever it lands. 1 Timothy 5, 17, NIV. Elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is preaching and teaching. There should be a level of honor and respect given to your pastor. Cody and Stacy do a phenomenal job. There should be a level of honor and respect for your children's teachers back there who are training, partnering with you, training up your children in the way that they should go. And I would propose to you, if you honored them, you would bless them, you would encourage them. You, every now and then you'd write them a card and said, thanks for the help, here's a gift card. Like you would honor them. Why, because they're wor worthy of honor. Why, because the Bible says they are. Now I'll just say this about Cody and Stacy: they're worthy of honor just because they're amazing people. They're incredible, noble, honoring, humble people. I, this has gone so well for me in my life. I actually have done a pretty good job most of my life honoring spiritual authority. I was, I, was, I was good with it. 
And I'll just tell you this, you honor spiritual authority because it's right, not because they're always right. Because when your natural parents, let me just say this, your natural parents didn't always deserve honor because of some of the things that they did. But the Bible doesn't give you an out. The Bible doesn't give you an out. We're supposed to honor them. Now, you may not have to obey them all the time. And we're going to come back to that as it pertains to government officials. There are government officials, and we talk about honoring governmental authority. It's like, I'm not saying you have to obey them every time. Anytime government comes in and says you should do something that's anti-kingdom, we don't have to submit to that. But did you know you can honorably not submit to something? You can honorably disagree with something? I love how it paints this picture for us. Children, obey and then goes to honor. In the spirit realm, same thing happens. When you're a new believer, you need to find spiritual moms and dads, mentors, big brothers, whatever you wanna call them, and you need to start submitting things to them. And this is, there's no other way to say this. Just do what they say. If they've been doing it longer than you, they probably know more than you. And you need to learn to humble your heart and say, you know what, somebody, there's nothing more humbling than this. Give somebody permission to tell you what to do. I'm 40 years old. The other day I had a conversation with my pastor and he, with no mixed words, said, hey, you said something the other day, don't, don't ever say that again. I don't want everyone here that come out of your mouth again. I'm 40 years old. And pride would say, I'm a grown man. Can't no other grown man tell me what to say or not say. But humility and submission to authority said, you know what, you're right. And even though I don't all the way understand the theology behind why that bothered you so much, I can say, yes, sir. I'll get the understanding later. But my answer was, yes, sir, I won't say that anymore. And I said, can you tell me, what, what are you talking about? What is, what is so wrong with that thing? And he began to teach me the, 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 the things about why that was not a good thing to say. And it wasn't vile or anything like that. It was just a confession over my life that it's like, you know what? You don't want to partner with that. You don't want that inner vow stuck, stuck with you for, for the rest of your life. And I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I've never really had a lot of understanding with inner vows and things like that. But he did. But you know what? I'll get the fruit of it sometimes if I'll just say these two powerful words that all of your children need to learn. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But then eventually we've got to get to the place where children grow up and it's not as much about obedience anymore. It's about honor. The church is so screwed. Let me tell you why this scripture is hard for people to hear when it's about honoring spiritual authority. Because sometimes spiritual authority, they take things too far. They're so insecure in themselves that they want you to obey them forever. When according to scripture, according to the word, no, obedience is for children. But if you're growing up and maturing in the things of God, I'm hoping that someday the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Lord on your life is bigger than any man could change you, could could move you off of. I've had this happen in my life where I'd been so submissive to to leaders in my life. And in fact, I wouldn't even be in Midland if it wasn't for this. I I, I remember when the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm sending you to Midland. You're gonna pastor the people in Midland, Texas. And I went to my pastor and I said, I, I feel like the Lord spoke. I feel like I'm supposed to go to Midland and I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a pastor there. And he looked me right back in the eye, didn't even hesitate. He goes, you're not going anywhere. And man, that hurt me. It, it really did. It, it stung. It was like, ah, I so honor you. I so love you. But man, I, I'm confident I heard the Lord. And I propose to you that some, in, to at least a small degree, some of the success that's happened for me in Midland and in this church is because I found a way to honorably disagree with him. Honorably disagree. I, he didn't even know I did this. I decided to quit the ministry. I was like, Lord, I, I know I heard you that I was supposed to go to Midland. I'll just quit 
I'll quit full-time ministry and I'll go back to work in the oil field. I'll roughneck, I'll, I'll flow back, I'll, whatever I've got to do. I'll go back because I, I know you're speaking to me. And as things turned out, he found out, I went to him and said, look, I, with all due respect, you told me I couldn't go and pastor that church and I respect you and I honor you, but I believe the Lord spoke to me and I have to go. I honorably disagreed with him. He took it before the Lord and he, and he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, you know what? That was your Isaac, you put it on the altar. And then he gave it right back to me. So you know what? You are going to Midland. You are going to pastor that church. Elijah and Elisha, you know the story. It starts off with Elijah throwing his cloak on Elisha and as his protege. But as, as time goes on, it came a point when it was time for the mantle to go from Elijah to Elisha. And Elisha knew it. And there in that last little scripture there, last little portion of 2 Kings when, in this story, said Elijah told Elisha, stay here. Elisha said, no, sir, I I can't do that. Honorably disagreed, disobeyed. Fine then, Elijah goes on next city, goes to the next city, tells Elisha, stay here. He said, no, sir, I I can't do that. I've got to go with you. Third city, same thing. Elijah, stay here. Elisha, no, sir. Honorably, I cannot obey. Finally, he says, what do you you need? What do you want? What are you not doing? He goes, "I, I want a double portion. There's a handoff that I want from you. There's something I want from you but I have to see you go. And I think it's interesting that, you know, Elijah, I'm telling you, that that dude was one of the baddest suckers ever walked the planet. You go read some stories about Elijah, this sucker was incredible. This dude was incredible. Elisha got double that. And one of the last great tests he passed before Elijah was gone is he learned how to disagree with spiritual authority and not get out of honor. Powerful principle. takes us to governmental authority. We're supposed to honor our governmental officials. Remember what I said earlier? I think I said this. Well, actually, I don't know if I did. I think it might have been the first service. Uh, Not, you can honor and not obey, but not all obedience is honor. You can honor and not obey, and not all obedience is honor. Here's how I know not all obedience is honor. You ever told your kid to do something? Go, fine. They may have done it, but was there honor in that? I'm I'm helping you here, parents. Do not let your kids obey you dishonorably. There is no reward for that. Where it says, honor your mother and father, and it will go well with you. You'll have a long life. And as it pertains to government officials, I, I did touch on this a little bit earlier. If they're ever asking you or trying to force you to do something outside the confines of Scripture, then lies the test of how do I honorably disobey and disagree? We read this scripture, I'll close with this. I think sometimes we, we have it built up in our head, especially as it pertains to some of the, just some of the stuff going on in our political climate right now. We just can't fathom how you would honor someone that's so against what we believe is right or, or whatever. And, we read the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Started off with what? Honor everyone. But then he goes on to say, love the brotherhood, fear God. And then these three words, honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. I was kind of curious as to, well, who was this emperor at the time? I, I was curious. It happened to be Nero. Read you a little bit about Nero. I'll, I'll, I'll cut through some stuff. But he was adopted by his uncle Claudius to be a successor to the next emperor. And Claudius ended up dying. Nero became the emperor at 16 years old. 
Here's what it says. Um, became the youngest emperor at age 16. His reign lasted 14 years until AD 68 when he committed suicide at the age of 30. Now let me tell you a little bit about his, his reign. Nero's legacy was not a pleasant one. Although his regime began with mildness and idealism, it ended with cruelty and tyranny. He began murdering anyone who became an obstacle to him. His victims include his own wife, his mother, as well as his stepbrother. In July of 64, the great fire of Rome broke out and lasted for six days. Of Rome's 14 districts, only three escaped damage from the fire. Some historians believe that Nero may have been responsible for the fire, although this was never confirmed. What is clear is that Nero deflected the focus from himself by blaming the fire on Christians, many of whom he tortured and killed. The historian Tacitus describes these atrocities. He says, covered with the skins of beasts, Christians were torn by dogs and perished, nailed to crosses and doomed to the flames and burnt to serve as nightly illumination when daylight had expired. Nero's use of Christians as human torches to light his evening garden parties is well documented. Ultimately, it is the brutality inflicted on the early Christians for which Nero is best remembered. So I want you to try to wrap your head around Peter telling the people, honor everyone, love your brother, and honor the emperor while their aunt, their uncle, their mom is burning as a torch to light his evil parties in the evening. Honor him. What? What? I think sometimes we can think, yeah, well, the, the climate, there's, I could not possibly honor this or I could not possibly honor that. I didn't tell you to agree with it. I didn't even tell you to do it. I told you to honor it. I think this one on honoring authority is something that we've, again, I've confessed. It was how we talk about coaches and teachers with our kids, how we talk about police officers, first responders, our president, our vice president, director of the CDC. How I, it grieved my heart, a pretty influential Christian leader uh, showed a picture of himself on an airplane with no mask, and then in his caption, made fun of the 10 people that were still wearing one. That's so dishonoring. And I'm sorry, we cannot reach the world if we sound just like them. We don't touch the heart of the world if we act just like them. And I think it would do us all some good to whatever area that, because I'm gonna tell you, this has to apply in some way, shape, or form to all of us. There are areas that we need to raise the level of our honor. And I think it begins with repentance, admitting, Lord, I've let honor slip. I know better than this. I was taught better than this. The word tells me to do better than this. And I think we owe God ourselves. We owe the advancement of the kingdom of God. A repentant heart to say, Lord, I, I don't want to be this way anymore. Help me. As difficult as it may be, help me be a person of honor. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.